and welcome back to another episode of These Five Songs. For the last decade, the chain gang of 1974 have been releasing music to dance to, to smile to, inevitably catchy hooks that have landed the band on festivals like Lollapalooza and Austin City Limits, or tours with bands like AFI and Foster the People. Uh, If that's not enough, in 2015, Chain Gain made the leap from scoring your late-night adventures to scoring your virtual adventures in Los Santos with their song Sleepwalking, appearing in the official Grand Theft Auto V trailer. Now here we are, in 2020, and the Chain Gain of 1974 have a new album out, Honeymoon Drips, and this album promises to accompany you through life as you explore heartbreak, the beauty of an ocean sky, the illuminated shine of streetlights on a night drive, or the most cinematic of moments. Please welcome the leader of this chain game, Kamteen Mahajer. That is that was one hell of an intro. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> applaud you to that one, man. Wow. I don't uh, think I've ever felt so cool before in my entire life. That's that's the vibe I want, you know. Let's uh... you, you got the vibe. Crazy. <laughs> I love it. Uh, how are you doing today? Dude, I'm doing well. Um, you know, I think considering um, everything that's going on in the world, you know, with these mm-hmm. social injustices. And then on top of that, this, this whole COVID thing that, you know, we unfortunately as a society are now ignoring, I don't know. It's there, there's a lot going on, but I think considering everything, um, I'm doing well, very grateful to, you know, be here, be healthy and be busy and, um, have the LA sunshine. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you know, it's, uh, so the album Honeymoon Drips has been out for for a little while now. Um, I guess what what has it been like, kind of releasing an album in this climate, um, in this you know world? As you were saying, that we have there's so much injustice right now, and there's uh, there's a lot going on in the world, uh, to say the least. And, and oh yeah, hundred yeah. um, so, percent. Um, so what has that been like? I dude, it's been super interesting. You know, um, I started working on this record probably sometime in 2019. Okay. Um, and you know, it's it's funny because when you when you make a record, all you're doing is thinking about when it's going to come out, when it's going to come out, what am I going to do when it comes out, and it's just it's just this whole process. So to first be hit with the COVID situation, that was. Uh, that was interesting because I started noticing a lot of bands and a lot of artists postponing their album releases. And I think that kind of stuff made sense due to the fact that a lot of these other artists or bands are, um, you know, they depend a lot on touring and clearly they couldn't do that. For me, I kind of moved away from touring a few years ago, actually two days ago was like the three years it's been, three years since I've played a live show under Chain Gang. So it's like, I don't really depend on that anymore um, for anything, but I was in a different position. So, um, you know, with all those developments of the COVID-19 situation, I figured, well, you know what? This is probably going to be something good for people, something, uh, you know, to keep my fans who I truly uh, respect occupied and maybe give them you know put a smile on their face so i'm gonna go ahead i'm gonna put this out i'm not gonna delay it i'm actually like let's get out as soon as possible i think i even ended up releasing one extra single just because i was like you know 
Can I, can I swear on this, by the way? Some of the, yeah, I swear a little absolutely. bit. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> okay. I just, I'm, I'm not purposely going to swear, but this happened. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I just kind of thought like, fuck it. Let's just give them more music. Why not? Why not do it? So um, it was interesting because I put the record out. So mm. all the singles were coming out. It's been a very, very cool reception. Um, and then... I put the record out on the 29th of May. I had one day to promote it. And then on the 30th, that Saturday, that's when um, everything with George Floyd's case really got thrown into the spotlight. And essentially, I looked at it like, well, look, I've got to pull the plug here. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I can't fill up that space. And it's interesting because, you, you know, you're looking at like, well, you know, but I've, I've worked so hard on this. I've got to eat too, you know, but in the, at the end of the day, it's been this interesting experience. And I think the COVID-19 situation along with this has been hopefully a great learning experience for a lot of people because you're able to kind of take yourself out of yourself for a moment mm -hmm. and truly do your best to figure out what it's like to be in someone else's shoes. So, oh, yeah. um, so yeah, with all that being said, um, I'm just now kind of restarting the the promotion of the record. Um, obviously, it still feels weird. It still feels like I'm taking space away from something else that needs to be said. But um, you know, I'm doing everything in my power to respect it. Doing everything in my power to contribute. You know, donating. I, I think one of the weeks I donated all the profits from the record. Um, to an organization called Color of Change. And, you know, I don't know. I just think everyone needs to kind of do their part. And, yeah, it's yeah, interesting, man. Totally. It's interesting. It's I can go on forever about this. Yeah, no, it, I, I agree, though. It's, uh, yeah, it's, I think a lot of bands are, are, a lot of bands and a lot of artists are, are trying to kind of navigate this, this situation and, and how to be respectful um, and not, you know, ma making sure that, they're using their platform for the right reasons right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is incredibly important. Um, but uh, w with that all being said, uh, so the, the topic for, for today's episode uh, is your five favorite songs of 2020 so far. Um, yes. You, you, we all, we all have had a lot of time uh, in, in this quarantine uh, to <laughs> listen to a lot more music um, yeah. So I, I guess uh, I was looking at you know s some of these songs here. Uh, you know, released in May, released uh, in April. So these are uh, I, I guess quarantine listens essentially. These are uh, these have all been at home listens. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty yeah. much. I'm still able to get some surf in, which is good. Yeah. Um, okay. But so you know, a lot of these songs are like driving songs too. But no, I mean, I'm such a fan of music. I'm such a fan of discovering new music. I think it's so important um, to do, I guess these days you would call it digital digging. Though I am a huge vinyl nerd and I have like a big collection at home and I'm always, you know, I'm always buying records. Um, we do have the luxury with stuff like Spotify now. And I guess I don't, I don't I actually don't really know how Apple music works because I don't use it. But uh, with Spotify, you know, I, I, I'll sit there for a few hours a day and just dig through related artists, listen to a bunch of stuff. There's 
I don't know. I think we, if we have the capability to do it, we may as well do it because there's so much good stuff out there and there's so much new stuff that's coming out that really is fantastic. And that's why I kind of chose this topic for this episode because I thought, you know what, let's, but let's focus on some new, new, new stuff that's come out that's like, you know, really killer. Absolutely. Uh, and you, you mentioned uh, surfing. I, I would say this, this first track kind of feels like a, a bit of a, a surf track. Uh, what's, what's the first one we're doing? Well, the first one we're doing here is George Clanton and Nick Hexum yes. out of the blue yes. uh, off the EP Aurora Summer released May 28th. Uh, yes. So this, yeah. A collaboration between uh, electronic vaporwave musician George Clanton and uh, the vocalist guitarist of 311 Nick Hexum. Uh, yeah, um, I I discovered George Clanton when he put his record out Slide, which okay. I think was 2019, um, and or 2018 2019 I can't remember. But to be honest, that record made me want to start making chain gang music again. Like it was like. I heard that record and my brain just exploded. I was like, yes, I want to like start messing with electronic focus music again. This is, I mean, if you listen to my EP pollen that I put out in 2019, like it's so influenced by George Clanton. And I also grew up idolizing 311. Um, I still (laughs) love their first like four, their first like four records I still think are awesome. So um, it was really cool to see this collaboration happen. Totally. And when you mash up, uh, you know, those type of instrumentals with, uh, it's kind of like a more nineties pop alternative style of melody. Uh, and it, it, it creates this really interesting fusion between the two. hundred um, percent. I agree. And the, like in between, uh, you know, the, the chain gain releases and, and, uh, you know, as you were putting out those releases, you also released some projects uh, with Teenage Wrist, which were more, I guess, alternative kind of uh, post-grunge leaning. Um, did you find yourself using any of those elements uh, from those releases when you were kind of gearing up for this new Chain Gang album? Um, or would I you think say those a, are like separate not, not not for the not for Honeymoon Drips. No, no, okay. Um, yeah. Cause that's, you know, honeymoon drips is such a pop focus record in my opinion. Um, yeah, yeah. I think it still carries that X factor, which is something that I, I kind of need to have in my music, but you know, my influences for honeymoon drips went from current pop acts like Laney, which I okay. never thought I would be a fan of, but like I started listening to them and truly fell in love all the way to a mixture of Bruce Hornsby and the blue Nile. So oh, it's wow, like okay. this yeah. very Juno eccentric focused, moody minimal music that i basically want to do um as far as any type of stuff from teenage wrist that i i think i took a little bit of that into the pollen ep only because i was still in teenage wrist when i i was writing that ep um but yeah yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, all I can kind of think about now when I hear 311 or, or there's a mention of 311 is the Eric Andre show, which has kind of, uh, I don't know if you've seen that clip. Yeah. Wait, I think okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's for some reason, uh, any mention of 311, that's immediately where my mind goes. Um, <laughs> that's genius. But, uh, yeah, no, th- this song is, is it's such a, uh, a vibe and, and very much, um, yeah, a- atmospheric, I guess. And then that's kind of something that, uh, I guess, kind of moves through all these songs. 
is is very much setting a, a tone and, and kind of a, a vibe. Yeah, I, I think I think these songs kind of like perfectly exemplify like the kind of music I like. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, yeah. And so mo- moving on here, the next track, uh, Seer Believer Hard off the album Bent, uh, released May 29th. Um, so this is a project created by uh, Nick Mansk of Gleamer, and uh, it's almost like a throwback in the sense that it it feels classic, but I wouldn't say that it's pandering, you know, in that in that kind of like some, some I agree. music. Yeah, you you understand what I mean? <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. You know, I think, and I'll dive into like my thoughts on this record, but going to your question, um, I think anyone who kind of does focus a little bit on more guitar driven music i think guitars were away for so long that now whenever anyone hears it they think oh okay it's like it's a throwback or it's like you know i with when with teenage wrist we kind of started getting upset because people were like you know it's like derivative of the 90s and we're like well look like yeah it's it's an influence you know and granted yeah like i know all i was trying to fucking do was write a Catherine real song during that song i get it but (laughs) Um, you know, there's more to it. So with, with the Seer Believer record, um, I've been such a huge fan of Gleamer. Um, when I first heard their, their moving away record and I was just obsessed with it. I think I even like, and Corey and I, the singer end up, we've kind of become like buddies, but, um, I think I even like contacted him at one point. Cause I was like, I want to manage you guys. Cause at that point they weren't signed. They had no nothing like no management. I was just like, I, I want to manage you guys. Like, what do we like? What's going on? Like, what's your guys' story? Mm-hmm. Um, and I've never managed an artist before, but I just love them so much that I want to kind of like do something anyways, never happened. But, um, I re I had heard about the see or believer record and knew that Corey had made it, but I didn't put any, uh, any attention towards it. And then, I think it was maybe two days, three days before the album came out. I finally started listening to the two singles and I was just floored. And then I like immediately ordered the vinyl, um, got the record. And as of right now, it's my number one album of the year. I just think it's like an absolutely perfect record. Yeah. This, this song, uh, it, it, uh, I, I wasn't sure what to expect because I have listened to, to Gleamer before. So, Going into this, I wasn't sure if it was going to be, you know, more of the same, but uh, it definitely kind of, uh, it, it's it's a different vibe for sure uh, than it's, Gleamer. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's, it's got the, it's got moments of like, you know, that, that Gleamer sound. Yeah. Um, but this was, this album was released on Memory Music, which is Will Yip's label. So to me, that was really cool. And, um, you know, it's interesting because Chain Gang lives so much in kind of like the indie the indie world and like was focused so much on like the radio indie kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. I just have such a love for like the emo hardcore punk scene. I think just cause I grew up in that. Um, yeah. So I just, I, I, I get excited when I'm paying attention to these new bands in the scene and like, you know, I, I feel like it's like my duty to tell people about it, to post it on my Instagram story. It's just like, you, you got to hear these records. Like you got to hear this band. It's just so good. Um, I don't know. There's just a lot of passion with it, but this, yeah, this, this record just really made sense to me. And like, there are a few records that like my wife and I can like really share. And like, this is one of them. Like she, like I played this for her and like, she like loves it. She like, I like come home and she's like just playing the record. That's so great. it's always, uh, yeah. yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. But 
yeah man i as of right now my favorite record of the year this song too it's like i think i wake up in the morning with a chorus stuck in my head it just it's so good and i haven't gotten sick of it yet that, that's always a good sign <laughs> you, you exactly. haven't outplayed it for yourself yet um, yeah exactly uh, so he said about the album, uh, bent can be a lot of things, uh, to be upset, bent out of shape or to bend the truth. Uh, but to me, it's kind of like how you feel after a bender, uh, honeymoon drips also kind of seems to be inspired by a feeling of sorts. Um, the cover lists the best ways to listen to the album. How did atmosphere and kind of, uh, you know, more, more so feeling than direct, um instrumental influence how did that kind of play a part in honeymoon drips well i think it i think it plays a part it has to play a part in music Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like my objective when i'm creating something is to evoke a feeling is to make that listener feel like their heartstrings are being tugged like i've always just and i do that because that's what draws me to music I, when I'm listening to bands or an artist or a singer or anything, I want that moment where I'm just like literally grabbing my chest and just being like, oh, fuck, like that chord. Oh, yes, they went to that <laughs> chord. I needed that, you know. Um, so I think I think from day – actually, that's a lie. Not from day one because this – the Chain Gang project has evolved over the – what, 14 years it's been a thing. You know, my the, I played my first show at the end of 2006. And um, I was writing kind of like electronic punk music. You know, my, my first shows were just me on stage with a just like a bass guitar run through a, a big muff. And I had an iPod playing backing tracks and I would just play and sing and like the kids would go nuts. They were like super punky shows and really awesome. But I think yeah. mainly... Um, I was focusing on that style of music because I didn't really know how to kind of like express what it really was that I wanted to put out. But then like, obviously as you grow and you grow, you kind of figure out, oh, cool. Like I, I may not be the best guitar player in the world, but that person is, and they'd be down to collaborate with me. So come to the studio and let's work together. So that's when kind of things started really opening up. But when I think when I first saw my record deal, that's when I was in, then that was in 2010 or 11. That's when I was like, okay, like I do have the ability now to start curating my world, mm-hmm. understanding how important aesthetic is to projects because you, you, I don't know, at least this is the way I see it. You want to give the listener an entire package. You want to kind of offer them your world. You want to offer them the entry into like what it is that you truly are seeing um with this kind of music that you're making so it's it's a blessing and a curse because it's led me to have a lot of massive arguments with people and you know going from teenage my time in teenage risk to working with people that were involved in chain gang it's like no like you, like it can't be this way it needs to be this way it has to be this way because that's the way it's like it was created and um mm. so yeah i don't know it's a blessing and a curse but i Definitely. think at the end of the day um I'm happy that I've put a lot of importance on that kind of stuff because to me, even with honeymoon drips, I'm now getting contacted by fans just being like, Oh, like, you know, times we had just worked so well. Cause I was like driving on PCH and listening to it. I'm like, okay, cool. 
and yeah. like, like oh just even i just look at the album cover when i'm listening to the music because the songs work so well with that cut with the color red um so it's it's really cool to kind of like now hear and understand that like there is validation to mm-hmm. those uh to those aspects that i find extremely important you know and over this last like year i've been moving into creative directing for other artists as well um just because i love doing it so much for myself i was like oh you know i can i can actually do this for other people so it's been fun kind of really building that craft and like honing it in and like strengthening in it as well so well even like something like you know creating the the vinyl records for this album like uh you know a lot of bands a lot of artists would just kind of leave that to the record label and be like well okay um you know just do whatever but uh in your in your case it was very specific because like you said you are uh, a vinyl collector so it's yeah, yeah focusing on that thing you know like small things like that i, I think really means a lot uh to the audience because it, it shows that there's there's care intended right oh so. oh yeah of course of course yeah. you know there has to be and you know like i i've ended up i've been designing all my album covers you know for the last like year or so but that's kind of like a, a funny story because you know when, when you're signed to a label you always have a department that can actually physically do those things for you mm-hmm. but they were always my ideas you know they're always my ideas that i want to kind of like but i didn't know how to physically do it i didn't know graphic design i didn't know these things you know i didn't focus on photography but once i got out of my record deal with caroline i was like well i'm gonna put new music out but I don't have anyone to like make the artwork for me. And I don't have, I don't have the money to be spending on like these $5,000 photographers. Like, what do I do? So fortunately my wife went to art school. So she gave me a crash course on like um, Photoshop and illustrator and all this stuff. And next thing I know, I'm just in there making all the the cover art for myself. And then it just kind of became this thing where it became this even more of an involvement in the music and even more of an involvement of the aesthetic and like the visual aspect of everything. So, um yeah it 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 was fun it's been it's been fun i like doing that yeah that's that's great um let's uh let's move on to the next track here uh and that is loathe two-way mirror off of the album i let it in and it took everything released february 7th um what a what a record man (laughs) so good uh this this song even is uh it's it's kind of a you know, quite a shift in in sound for Loath, uh, exploring these these more like alternative rock influences, um, very very much like Deftones uh, inspired. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah. What what makes this song work for you? I, I mean, I mean, I'm such like a shoegaze head. Like, okay, I absolutely yeah. <laughs> love shoegaze music. But you know, again, it all it all comes down also to it's like I love you know I love hardcore bands. I tr- I really really just love aggressive music. I've always kind of been that way. Um, Loathe, though, it's a, to me, and this kind of goes back to finding the importance in aesthetic. Um, I always get so turned on by a band when they kind of break the mold of, I think, what that genre expects them to kind of be and look like and present themselves. Mm-hmm. And they kind of say, you know, fuck that. We're going to do something completely different. Um, and they were one of those bands, you know, from their artwork to yeah, their like music the, video the to their merchandise, this. to ev- everything, yeah, everything is yeah. so cool. It was so cool. And I was so drawn to it from, um, 
like instantly drawn to it. It's funny too, because I have a little folder in my phone that says graphic design influences, just like stuff that I find on the internet and I save the photo. And I mm -hmm. found their single cover to Gord before I'd even heard the record or even heard the song. Um, so I saved it just because I loved the way that artwork looked. And then um, I finally started listening to the band and I was just like, I was hooked. I was just hooked. And yeah, they be, that, that record to me is just, it's perfect. That song specifically too. Um, it's just such a, such a great song. And I think the record front to back just makes so much sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It just, it just, yeah, it's just such a solid record. Yeah. And here's yeah. the funny thing. I didn't know, I didn't know who Loathe was before this new record. I had no idea who they were. Same here. Yeah. But like they, they already had quite a, a following, um, like I mean, they just played. Uh, they played an awards show like this this past year. Um, yeah, I was. I've watched those live videos nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it just, yeah. For me, it. I just like when I can see a band or an artist just like make sense of everything they have, you know. Um, and it and they're all super you know they're super sweet people too i got reached out to by the bass player on instagram and he was just like hey man i just want to thank you so much for the support you've been showing i was just like dude are you kidding me like i love your band he's like dude like i've been a wrist teenage wrist fan for a while love what you do with that band like the chain gang stuff's great i'm like hey this is awesome like it's always really cool too when when people you really you know really love when from a musical standpoint end up kind of noticing what you're doing as well i think that's always fun um, uh, absolutely and uh like so chino from the deftones uh went as far mm -hmm. as to give his seal of approval for this song uh i saw that it. yeah yeah um with changing okay. of 1974 uh you've had the chance to play a lot of festivals and and tours opening for you know some like legendary bands uh big audio dynamite is an example that i saw that yeah. and i was like that's that must be insane like just you know, that was amazing. I mean, that was yeah. so cool. I mean, we did three shows with them on our way back to LA from playing Lollapalooza. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was their reunion. I think it was their first time doing stuff in like 15 years, 20. I can't remember, maybe longer. Um, but it was amazing. On the last night, like Mick Jones came out of his dressing room, like stopped me. And I'm just like looking at him and he just <laughs> tell me how happy he is that we were touring with them. I was like, what oh the my fuck? God. And then, you yeah. know, Chiba Mato took us out on tour as well, which like that was, I think, their first tour in 15 years. And they were like absolute sweethearts. So that was that was really awesome. Even, you know, getting asked to tour with AFI, that was mm. just that was interesting because like that tour was really, really difficult for a band like us. But it just I think the. Uh, the power of knowing that like we were out with that band was just it made everything well, worth it but it, it must kind of be like a, a bit of a full circle moment um you know you're, you're getting to play with like like a band like afi who have been kind of at the forefront well they, they were you know at the forefront of like the, yeah. the, the punk scene right um and and from your punk roots that must be that must be pretty crazy oh yeah yeah it was incredible you know it was uh it was really cool you know seeing davy every day and chatting with him and he was they were all so nice but um yeah, I mean, I even had Kurt Smith from Tears for Fears in one of my music videos, and that was that was just like, yeah. I still <laughs> to this day that how many years ago was that? Like three and a half, four years ago, and I still don't really have words to to describe how amazing of a experience that was. 
Um, so it's cool, you know. If all this, if all this shit ended today, man, I'd be extremely grateful, extremely grateful for what I've been able to accomplish for being a pretty much relatively unknown band. It's funny because like people know some songs, but for the most part, like I still feel like I'm extremely under the radar. Um, even though these like really incredible things have happened that like most people are like, oh my God, like that's it. Like you've made it. It's like, yeah, in a sense, but like, I guess success is all relative. It all depends on the person and how oh, they yeah. want to find success. Definitely. Yeah. And I think success is also, it, it, it's changed a lot from, you know, the music industry and the, you know, even just the nineties, like sh streaming has made success a lot different because you'll have bands that, you know, maybe they, their, their streaming numbers are, are big, but they, when they play shows, it's not as many people or vice versa. Right. So it's, it's, yeah, exactly. It's a, yeah, it's definitely a, a different age. Um, it's but, a very different age, man. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on to the next song here. And that is Gleamer Brushback off the album down through released May 8th. Um, yeah. So you tweeted Gleamer is a really fantastic band that you should be listening to. And you tweeted that on August 28th, 2017. And then on December 6th, 2019, you tweeted, still very confused as to why the entire world doesn't fuck hard with Gleamer. <laughs> uh, Dave, how so, far back did you go my Twitter, man? I, I literally, I, I, if I'm going to give away the secret here, I just searched your uh, Twitter you username and then put Gleamer. <laughs> oh, beautiful. You smart man. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, th I feel like I've already kind of talked a lot about Gleamer during this, but just to kind of say it again, they're just great, man. They're just a yeah. They're just what, a really good band. I guess what made this band stick out to you when you first found them, and and how have they kept you, you know, enthralled uh, as a listener over the years? I mean, for me, it was initially hearing Gauze. I mean, that song still is just it's such a good song, and then knowing that, uh, and this is this is when I was in Teenage Wrist. So uh, Gleamer and Teenagers kind of like get put together a lot. And like, I remember, you know, when I was in a band, some people would be like, why don't you guys tour together? So, you know, Corey and I started talking and, and then finding out, you know, he produces all the records, he engineers them, he, like, he mixes most, yeah, I think he mixed all of them, except the last one. I think Willie really Yip the last one, but um, yeah, they just have a really good sound. They just have a, I think they have a way of just making good cohesive records and, um, it's cool that this latest one, I think, might be their best, which is awesome. Yeah, you uh, you also tweeted out album of the year. You were you were thinking uh, when this when I was this thinking out, until so. until <laughs> the, their fucking bass player put a record out. Now I'm like, okay, I think this is the album of the year. But you Too know, especially for a lot of the, a lot of the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> for for a lot of the bands in like in the scene, it's like you know, I feel like they'll kind of have like one record and like that's really it you know I, I think about turnover it's like i was following turnover even before peripheral vision came out and then they released that record and it was like a complete game changer for that band and yeah. i'll still go back and listen to that record i'm just like oh this is still so good but they have not been able to get my attention on anything else afterwards i just can't yeah. do it. i've tried and i've tried and i've tried literally yeah. i've given those records so many chances and i'm just it doesn't work for me so Bringing that topic to Gleamer, it's it's fantastic that they're on album three, and I'm still like super super stoked on what they're doing. Yeah, it, it's uh, you see that a lot. Um, it's it's very hard to follow up an album, especially like a band like Turnover, uh, with that record. That that record was like 
such a uh, just everyone loved. Uh, well, it was like I, I I always uh, reference it and say it was brand new Deja Tandu of like that generation because okay, when brand yeah. when when brand new released Deja Tandu, it was like everybody in the scene was on it. It was yeah, just like yeah. it didn't even need MTV, it, though it got MTV. It didn't need MTV. It was like just the moment, and I was writing for like a pretty big web scene at the time, mm-hmm. um, so. I remember like we had that record we i think we had like the promo copy and it was just like this buzz around all the staff writers just being like everyone get ready like this is going to be the album that like defines that the next 10 years and it was kind of cool to see that with peripheral vision because like you would just you just saw this organic growth and then you start to see all these other bands try to kind of do that record mm-hmm. and even bands yeah. that were super aggressive you know um kind of start to shift moving away from distortion and putting it more on like reverb and chorus and it was just this like it was this cool thing to kind of witness um so i mean if it was a time and place and it's only supposed to happen once then so be it exactly yeah uh let's uh let's move on to the next track here uh the last track and that is planet maybe someday off the ep maybe someday released april 17th um so I had never actually heard of this band. Uh, they're from Sydney, Australia. And I guess I would describe this. It's, it's kind of another gaze sort of, uh, gazy sort of band. Um, but kind of like meets early 2000s pop almost. It's, uh, it's an yeah, interesting combination. I would, I would define it more of a, it's, it's very, uh, it's very referent. They take a lot of references from like Brit pop and Brit rock. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so I don't know if you're familiar with the band, the DMAs, but they're also from Australia. So planet to like, they, they sound pretty much exactly like the DMAs, but yeah. the DMAs were taking a lot from Oasis, a lot from the stone roses, just mm-hmm. like, yeah. you know, a lot of that, that vibe. Um, so I just, I can't remember where I discovered planet. I think it may have been on like my release radar on Spotify a little bit ago, but it was from their, their prior release that I was into. And then they released this EP and um, I think it's fantastic. But that song, especially like, I mean, that song just gets me, man. And I, yeah, I just think they're, they're super great, but I think they're pretty, they're relatively unknown. Like most people don't know who the hell that band is. I think majority of the bands that I gave you today, most people don't know who these bands are. <laughs> that, that's good though. Right. Like, uh, you know, yeah, why, why, I mean, why I give it. attention to these, you know, like a, a huge artist when you can, you can shout out the the artists that that need to be need to be heard that are maybe yeah, uh, flying under the radar. Yeah, and it's not even a thing that I do on purpose. I just it's <laughs> yeah. like it just literally it's not like I like purposely was like oh, I'm gonna go for these like these are legitimately my like my favorite songs of the year so far. So I'm just like this is just good shit. I just yeah. I don't know. I, I go back. I just think people need to put more importance to uh to just finding new stuff, man. I just. It's a shame that we have so many resources and a lot of people just choose not to do it. Absolutely. Uh, I, th- I think, yeah, if we're, we're going to take anything away uh, from today, uh, explore new music. It's it's all at your fingertips. You can, you can find everything <laughs> online. There, there's no excuse, really. <laughs> exactly. You found all my old Gleamer quotes online so that you can just find That's everything, right. man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so finally, uh, I like to, to wrap up the show and I always ask the guest, what did we learn today? 
be careful what you say on the internet. It's a good point. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think that's fair. Um, (laughs) thank you so much, Cam. Uh, it's been, it's been a great time chatting today. Uh, Oh man. Thank you so much for having me. I I really appreciate this. This was really fun. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So, uh, got a new episode coming out Thursday. Everyone stay safe out there. Uh, and we'll see you soon.